Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Boys America listeners, welcome to my 387th ever show of all around sports. Each Monday at noon Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is the announcement last Friday, I believe, of this year's Basketball Hall of Fame class and already being billed as one of the best ever with the induction of Kobe Bryant, the late Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, and Tim Duncan, as well as uh, a host of others, including Barbara Stevens, uh, who coached Bentley University right up the road from me here in the Boston area, uh, notched over a thousand wins, I believe, and uh, so just a banner class. Uh, Kobe, KG, and Tim Duncan really doesn't get much better than those three in the same class. Uh, We've certainly all been commemorating Kobe since his untimely, tragic death in January in a helicopter crash, and there was never a scintilla of doubt that he would be elected on the first ballot, which he was, of course, and... Kevin Garnett, uh, I had the pleasure of watching him when he came to Boston in 2008, and that team, of course, won the NBA championship that very year. And then Tim Duncan, nicknamed the Big Fundamental, uh, was just one of the great players of all time with just his consistency. He started out with the likes of David Robinson and winning championships in the early stages, and ended up uh, with people like Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker. I think he won five championships overall. Just amazing. And truly one of the uh, just tremendous ball players of all time. Um, he had total game. All three uh, clearly are known for their offense, but all three could bring it on defense as well particularly Kevin Garnett. Um, He simply took what was a moribund franchise for the better part of uh, a decade after Larry Bird and the Big Three all retired and moved on. Uh, The 90s were not a good time up here in Boston for the Celtics. And uh, when KG and Ray Allen joined the team, um, they were the original Big three, 
to join a team. It was, you know, LeBron and whatnot going down to the Miami Heat to hook up with uh, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. That came later. It was Boston who really got that ball rolling with that uh, tremendous assemblage of talent that, again, uh, ultimately beat the Lakers in 2008. They've been rerunning that Game 7 championship. Game 6, it was, actually, in the, from the Boston Garden over the weekend. And they've also been running uh, the 2010 final game, which, of course, was the Lakers' revenge when Kobe led the Lakers over the Celtics in the NBA Finals. Of course, both years were a throwback to the Magic Bird era Celtics. They've been running a lot of those on ESPN and ABC in the past week or so as well. So, uh, like many sports we've been seeing lately, uh, quite the trip down memory lane, given the absence of live sporting events in this uh, unprecedented environment. And sticking with basketball, my low light of the week uh, comes from a story published yesterday in the New York Post by noted sports writer Mike Vaccaro, who wrote about Maurice Stokes. He, tonight, was going to be at St. Francis College in Loretto, Pennsylvania, my alma mater, and I grew up at Altoona, just about a half an hour away from there. Tonight was going to be uh, a commemoration of the 50th anniversary of his death, which is today. Uh, Of course, it was going to be a commemoration and a celebration of his life, and for anyone who may not be familiar with the story of Maurice Stokes, he was basically Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan. He burst on the national scene for with Tiny St. Francis. Our enrollment when I went there it was about 1,600, probably less, when he was showed up at the NIT tournament in 1955 in Madison Square Garden. Uh, and basically just dazzled uh, the nation's basketball media and everybody in New York that was there. He was uh, six foot seven. That year, 1955, he averaged 26 points a game and 27, repeat, 27 rebounds a game. Uh, you have to pause and think about that one for, for a while. That's such an astounding figure, the rebounding. And he basically put St. Francis on the map. Um, as and, and they remained on the map with the likes uh, in the 1960s and early 70s of Norm Van Leer uh, playing for what were they, what they were then called the Frankies and Kevin Porter. Van Leer, of course, became famous with the Chicago Bulls in the backcourt with Jerry Sloan and the team with Chet Walker. And then uh, Kevin Porter went on to play for the, uh, uh, I think it was Washington Bullets at the time. Great player as well. I grew up watching both of them. Um, Literally used to play six blocks from my house in Altoona, which was, again, just less than a half an hour away from St. Francis at a place called the Jaffa Mosque, and there were some great games. There was another player with Van Leer called uh, uh, Larry Lewis, nicknamed Muggsy, who led the nation in rebounding or was right up there uh, against Spencer Haywood. So it was a happening, and I mean a real happening. But it all started in the 50s with Maurice Stokes, again, uh, quite possibly the best player in the nation. Um, he 
was born and bred near Pittsburgh, played at Westinghouse High, legendary school out in Pittsburgh. St. Francis is about an hour and a half east of Pittsburgh. And he was just uh, famous for so many reasons. Um, Of course, it's a tragic story at the end of the day where he fell. He was rookie of the year for the Cincinnati Royals. Then he fell and uh, banged his head and uh, on a flight, I believe, the next night. He went into a coma from which he basically would never come out of it. And it's really a story about one of the most famous friendships in sports history and perhaps beyond where Jack Twyman, ultimately his teammate with the Cincinnati Royals, became his legal guardian and and cared for him until his untimely death at age 36 from a heart attack. And he was buried up at St. Francis, uh, literally right behind the dorm where I stayed. Uh, The funeral was attended by the likes of NBA royalty, Oscar Robertson, his teammate with the Royals, and uh, it was just an unbelievable uh, event held on the campus of St. Francis. And one of the legends associated with him and I know many people who went there uh, before my time but in Altoona in the summer at the local playground they used to hold pickup games and think Rucker League in uh, in Harlem and whatnot in New York City uh, and Marie Stokes used to play in these and people came from far and wide to watch Marie Stokes play is famous Know lots of people growing up who I used to talk to who used to go to those go to those games and so it's just all so sad. There's been so many cancellations, but tonight was going to be truly a celebration of the life of Marie Stokes held at St. Francis and obviously it was canceled and just so reflective of uh, of uh, the times that we're living in where everything seems to be canceled. And there was a movie made. It was called Mari, M-A-U-R-E-I, R-I-E, as in short for Maurice. And if you ever have a chance to in any way catch the movie or just Google Maurice Stokes, uh, it's an astounding story. Uh, Again, rooted in just one of the preeminent friendships of uh, all time in sports. And that leads into my bizarre story of the week, which is simply the continued effect that the COVID-19 pandemic is having on society worldwide and sports in particular. Uh, Probably know by now that President Trump spoke with commissioners of most, if not all, of the major sports about when they might return. But, of course, nobody knows. But in an interesting announcement uh, this morning, both good and bad, uh, the Open in Britain was canceled. There will not be an open, which is really sad, in 2020. However, the PGA and other USGA, the, 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 the lords of golf, basically announced new dates for some of the, uh, some of the tournaments, um, which is... Something that we all hope occurs. Um, it seemed 
to come out of nowhere, but the masters for now, all subject to change. As well, we know the masters has been, it would have been this week, as we all know, uh, this would have been masters week and that has been rescheduled for, uh, November 9th to 15th, as in right before Thanksgiving. The PGA has been rescheduled for August 3rd to 9th. Still at TPC Harding Park in San Francisco. Uh, The USGA has taken the US Open and rescheduled it for September 14th to 20th. Again, still remaining at Winged Foot Country Club. In uh, New York, outside New York, Westchester County, I believe. And the fourth major, of course, is uh, the Open, and that's been canceled for 2020. So if, uh, shall we say, life starts to return to normal, the thought of those three, three of the four majors, three here in the United States being played in the fall uh, is just uh, hard to get your arms around, quite frankly, and it would just be tremendously uh, wonderful if they all indeed occurred. But only time will tell. What else can you say in this uh, time that we're in? And uh, But it was interesting to see the announcement today, no doubt about it. And that along with the Hall of Fame announcement the other day, uh, it's nice to see some news trickling out, whatever news it is for the sports-starved American public and media like us. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies radio show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts, we'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You 
are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners. Welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. It's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, John. Thank you so much for having me on the show. We're just laying low here in lower Alabama. (laughs) Well said, AP. And I'm doing the same thing here in Boston, as is uh, most of America, wherever they happen to be. And for that matter, most of the world. So, uh, again, unprecedented time. And it's... uh, you know, certainly filtered into the world of sports, and there's like news here the past few days, everything ranging from, you know, Donald Trump, President Trump, talking with most of, most if not all, of the major sports commissioners to the Basketball Hall of Fame inductees announced uh, last Friday to uh, the world of golf coming out and uh, announcing new dates just within the past hour or two for uh, so the major tournaments. So, AP, let's why don't we start with uh, Basketball Hall of Fame? I started off the show with that. Uh, you know, uh, the late Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan. It's being hailed as perhaps the greatest, if not and certainly one of the greatest classes of all time with those three in it. And I agree. That's just an unbelievable threesome, to say the least. Yeah, that's quite a clash, John. The only time that I've ever seen the the best collection of talent ever was when they inducted the 1960 Olympic team with Jerry West, Oscar Robinson, uh, Walt Bellamy, uh, along with the dream team, Larry Bird, uh, Magic Johnson, uh, Michael Jordan. So that was the best collection I've ever seen on a weekend at the Basketball Hall of Fame when those two teams were inducted. Right. And typically the induction ceremony is held in late August, uh, right down the road from me here, a couple hours away in Springfield, Massachusetts, the home of the Basketball Hall of Fame. And AP, have you ever attended the actual induction ceremonies? Yes, John. I've covered it a handful of times. Um, I thought so. I've actually, That's why I asked. Co- yeah, I've actually, yeah, I've actually covered uh, Reggie Miller's induction, uh, Chet Walker, Ralph Sampson, uh, Phil Knight was a, inducted as a contributor of Nike. I'm trying to think of the other people. I co- Nolan Richardson, and there's a couple more that I, I covered, I believe. But it was about a handful of inductions at this Naismith Morrow Basketball Hall of Fame. That's wonderful. Where well, you lived not all that far from there, uh, back in the day, and uh, yeah, I, I did have a memory that you had covered a few of those. I've never had the pleasure, but yet I have been out to the Hall of Fame. Again, it's not far from here, and 
We'll see where that goes, AP, if that will indeed, uh, those dates in late August will hold, um, given all the uncertainty out there. But hopefully it does. Um, that would be quite the, you know, it's always an emotional week weekend, to say the least, star-studded. And this year would be even more so, given uh, the first ballot induction of Kobe Bryant, obviously. Uh, and... Hopefully it'll get held. It'll be special. And AP, I, I also talked on the show about uh, uh, today. Today is the fiftieth anniversary of the death of Maurice Stokes, and you touched on a couple of names: Oscar Robertson yes. and Chet Walker, both of whom I literally mentioned in the opening segment of this show, because uh, you know Oscar Robertson played with Maurice Stokes. Uh, at, at with the Cincinnati Royals when Maurice was Rookie of the Year. Uh, and Chet Walker played with Norm Van Leer, who also attended St. Francis, which is my alma mater. Uh, I grew up watching Norm Van Leer, who later became more famous with the Bob Love, Chet Walker, Jerry Sloan Bulls. And, but you, you, you're familiar with the story of Maurice Stokes, I assume, right? Yes, yes, um, and also the special relationship that he had with Jack Twyman. I mean, that was a, a very powerful story growing up. Very powerful, and I grew up with him, uh, hearing Marie Stokes' story. Again, I went to St. Francis, but I grew up a, less than a half an hour away in Altoona, Pennsylvania, where uh, I grew up uh, being regaled with stories, regaled with stories of Maurice Stokes playing at the local playground in Altoona in the summers when he was at St. Francis, and people would come from far and wide, from Pittsburgh and Philly and beyond, just to watch him play pickup games. That's how good he was. He was Michael Jordan before Jordan, AP, who was 6'7", in 1955 when he burst on the scene at the NIT, and that year, his senior, his senior year, he averaged 26 points a game and get this, 27 rebounds a game. And just <laughs> and he took literally took New York and the entire basketball world by storm by leading tiny St. Francis of Loretto, Pennsylvania, uh, I think into the semifinals of the NIT, but it didn't matter. They didn't win it. That's all anybody – he was all anybody was talking about. And again, went to the Royals came rookie of the year and then had the horrible fall that a day later he went into a coma while on an airplane and and Jack Twyman his teammate with the Royals cared for him the rest of the life and the rest of his life again he died 50 years ago today and Mike Vaccaro of the New York Post wrote just a wonderful story yesterday that tonight at St. Francis where I attended school and going to games in the Maurice Stokes Athletic Center which was literally opened my freshman year. Uh, they were going to have a, a celebration of his life commemorate on the day commemorating his death tonight. So of all the things that have been canceled, AP, that, that one just hit me kind of hard, and Mike Vaccaro filled the void by writing just a beautiful article where he basically compared the friendship of Twyman and Stokes as something that, you, you know, it was it's so inspiring that it, it's helpful to read about in times like we're going through currently. 
Yeah, I think, John, the two stories I remember growing up was Maurice Stokes and Jack Twyman yep. and Brian Piccolo and Gail Sears, I think. There you Those go. are the two most point poignant stories, one in football, the NFL, one in basketball, the, the NBA. Correct, correct. And AP, when he died in uh, 1970, he was, of course, buried at St. Francis, and I was in high school at the time, right down the road, and it was just, I can't begin to describe how big an event that was with Paul Bears, the likes of, you know, Oscar Robertson and whatnot. If I remember correctly, basketball royalty was all there, to say the least, all descended upon tiny Loretto, Pennsylvania for the funeral. He was buried literally right out, right behind my dorm that I, that I went to. So I can't tell you how many times I walked by his grave, hundreds, literally. And, right. uh, yeah, it's just such a sad story, and uh, to say the least, it's one of the all-time what might have been in sports history, without a doubt, had he not gotten hurt, because he was he dominated from day one, <laughs> to, to put it mildly, uh, in the NBA from day one. And by and, go ahead. No, John. I say, John. I I did not see him play. I remember him just from film from from the tapes of some of his games, you know, watching clips that I didn't Correct. get a chance to see him play. So it must have been a special moment for you to say he graduated from St. Francis and that was your alma mater and, and to hear of his legend and be around that all that aura that uh, was Maurice Stokes because he was certainly revered by the players who he competed against. And I know that Jack Twyman, every chance he'd get, because he was the broadcaster on ABC, uh, the sideline reporter uh, during those games, he would, they would always mention that about Maurice Stokes and he'd have a a touching story. Yeah. And it ultimately led to AP uh, Maurice Stokes game being held every year up in the Catskills. At a famous resort, escapes me right now, yes. but, uh, and well, I mean Mount everybody. Maybe. Mount, Mount Kushner's, I think, John. Mount, I think you're exactly right, yes. And everybody who was anybody, the likes of Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell played in those games, yes. and they, they didn't just play. It was like must attend for the, the best of the best in the NBA. Yeah, absolutely, because those funds were used to support Maurice and his family, and Jack Twyman organized those events, and uh, that's what I recall. I mean, I think I remember that vividly, you know, reading about it and hearing about it, for sure. Exactly right, and if I had to compare it to something more modern day that we can all relate to as something similar, it would simply be uh, Arnold Palmer. The last couple of years since Arnold Palmer passed away, his event at Bay Hill down in Orlando has been simply a must-attend for the world's top golfers out of respect for Arnold Palmer. That's what this event in the Catskills from Marie Stokes was back in the 1960s, for sure. Um, it's a very similar type of respect shown by the world's greatest basketball players and Everybody involved in the world of basketball. I grew up hearing about that as well. So, yeah, it's, uh, again, you know, just the thought that this would have been held tonight at St. Francis and who would have, you know, and the types of people that would have surely, surely attended. Uh, It's just so sad that, you know, again, of all the cancellations, this one, for me personally, hits home. 
Um, but you, you know, it's unfortunate the world we live in. The U, the the British Open, or com- more commonly known as the Open, was just canceled this morning. It will not be held in 2020. How sad is that? You know, it's just that that one hits home too. Yeah, absolutely, John. Uh, it's a fabulous golf event every year, and and uh, I know that you're used to seeing that. What I remember about those is the the wind. It's always a lot of wind during that tournament. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You get four seasons of weather over the course of a four day tournament every year, and you know, for me personally, AP. I mean, you know, I was in literally Belfast, Northern Ireland. The, a week before the Open, so the day the practice rounds began, that Sunday, which was one week before the final day of the Open, and I literally took a train from uh, Dublin up to Belfast that was just littered with people going to the first day of the Open practice round last year because it was held at Royal Port Rush in Northern Ireland. So we got off the train in Belfast, and tons of people were just catching the next train up to Royal Port Rush, which was another two hours uh, trip. So it was a real uh, interesting train ride, AP, for a whole lot of reasons, not the least of which was all the golfers uh, doing whatever it took to get up to Royal Port Rush, again, for the first day of the practice round. So so I feel a little connected to the Open as a result of that last year, and now, uh, now it's off, not to be held for sure until 2021 it's it's canceled not postponed so add it to the list of just sad cancellations that seem to be rolling in on a daily basis yeah the uncertainty with this coronavirus and leaves the sports world on the edge of their seat much like the fans when you're watching a tremendous performance uh, but they don't know what's going to happen they're trying to stay in shape and keep in tune with their sport uh, with their teammates, with their coaches, but it's very difficult, I'm sure. But yes. a life and death matter is is beyond the world of sports. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. As really hit home again as we close out this first segment with you know President Trump having a conference call with basically the commissioner commissioners of most, if not all, of the major sports in America. So we shall see AP. But for now, it's. Uh, Time for our first break together and still a whole lot more to get to, which we'll do on the other side. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one. 866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. I'm back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we touched on uh, the powers that be in the world of golf, announcing just a few hours ago new dates for Basically, the three majors held in America uh, since the Open in Britain was just flat out canceled. Um, So, yeah, so why don't we just start? I mean, one of the first things I thought of, and I know you did too, AP, is uh, they moved them back towards the fall, in the fall, and uh, that's going to go head-to-head with, potentially, with football. So what they announced was PGA, they rescheduled it to August 3rd to 9th, so that will not conflict with football. But the U.S. Open, which in the recent years has been broadcast on Fox, um, but I'm not sure who's doing it this year, um, it's been rescheduled for September 14th through 20th, which means Saturday the 19th and Sunday the 20th of September, they'll be going head-to-head with college and then perhaps with potentially college and NFL football. So I'm guessing there's a lot of important games as there are every weekend. Well, John, there's one in particular that people who want to see, and they don't get to uh, watch this very often within the league itself, and it's the championship of the league possibly, but it's Georgia visiting Alabama. Wow. One of the games of the year and, and a rare regular season meeting. Yes. Because of that uh, round-robin schedule, it's like every six or seven years that Georgia comes to Tuscaloosa and Alabama has to visit Athens, Georgia. So that's a that'll be a huge game. Uh, another game I noticed was USC Stanford is on that same day. Um, USC okay. is at Stanford on that day, and uh, some of the other teams, John, they're not playing top opponents. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at. Oklahoma. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I see them playing it. They let me just check on Texas, for instance. 
Um, yeah, Texas is hosting University of Texas El Paso, uh, Penn State. Uh, of course, you know we're just we're just checking the teams we think will be contending for the championship. San Jose right. State at Penn State—that's a unique game. They don't play very often. We have Ohio State. They'll be hosting Buffalo, uh, Michigan. Uh, they'll be looking at uh, Arkansas State. Uh, Oregon is should be hosting Hawaii. Um, Wisconsin is Appalachia State. So it just falls on a day that's kind of peculiar, John, that some of the powers they're having that, um, you know, either FCS game or a, a non-Power 5 opponent. Right. So and obviously, maybe, as maybe we all know. Maybe they got a little bit lucky. Right. And, of course, we all know that CBS typically uh, – Broadcast the SEC, which means they would be all over the Georgia-Alabama game. That would be one of the marquee games of the entire year. And then, obviously, there's no stronger association of all of sports than CBS broadcasting the Masters. Jim Nance, hello, friends. And uh, so, AP, I I don't know what to say other than, you know, I, I think that game would probably be at night. You know, they can only golf. Let's keep in mind, by the way. Um, you know, the, I, I would think the Georgia-Alabama game would be held at night. It, yes. And now we're it, talking it about rearrange the that. Exactly. Now we're talking about the U.S. Open, which is in the eastern New York area, yeah. i.e. Yeah. in September it gets dark a little earlier. So they there's yes. clearly won't be able to golf past 7 p.m. Obviously, Eastern time. So yeah. I, I I think Georgia Alabama will be prime time. I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, they would make that uh, distinction, and that would be done qu- quite easily, I believe, to accommodate everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Akron is at Clemson that day. I mean, they're just not too many big games uh, on the 19th right. of September. But it, like you said, one of the biggest games. Of maybe of the season, Georgia sure. at Alabama, right? And it's you know it's it's got a lot of je ne sais quoi to it too because they rarely meet in the regular season. Yet their recent postseason games have been beyond memorable: national championship and SEC championship, <laughs> to say the least. Right. So right. there's a lot of lot of pizzazz. And now we you you know and but correct me if I'm wrong, AP, off the top of my head, you know we know. ABC, ESPN does, you know, Saturday night primetime specials every week in college football season. But I don't have much of a memory of CBS giving up primetime for their games. It just is not something that uh, I recall off the top of my head. So they do, do you it, agree with that? Once or you, twice, you John. Once. Yeah, they do it once, oh, or, once, yes. or, once or twice. It's the Alabama LSU game right. periodically through the, through the years. That's been a nighttime game. And I'm trying to think if anybody else has played at night on CBS, uh, and I just can't think of those those two teams. Uh, right, LSU Alabama has been on at night a couple times on CBS. I remember that now. Yes, yes. When they're like game oh, of the yes, centuries, for sure. <laughs> which is yes. like every few years with those two. Right. When it, yeah, because it's in November. They have that window. Uh, I think it's like in November. They have a 
double header and Correct. there's an option for a night game and and but I and I'm sure it's happened to another couple of teams but I all I remember is Alabama LSU two or three Correct. times at night and Georgia Alabama will be the equal of an Alabama LSU game like for uh, for ratings put it that way and uh, the other one of course is the Masters it's like just we obviously all associate the Masters with azaleas and magnolias and beautiful Augusta and it kicks off the spring and nice weather even if you're up north and bad weather you watch the Masters and you feel a whole lot better this week <laughs> um, but it won't be happening this week but so November 9th to 15th uh, obviously the NFL hasn't announced his schedule yet uh, they're saying no later than May 9th I believe uh, and this pertains obviously to what would be then the final day of the U.S. Open, which would be September 20th, Sunday. Uh, But yeah, uh, Augusta. So on Saturday, November 14th. 14th, right. uh, First off, you're looking at Washington at USC. Okay. That could be a big game. Uh, Going down the list, uh, let me see what else we have. Um Michigan State at Penn State. Nebraska at Iowa. Yeah, we're, getting into the, we're getting into AP practically, you know, the last couple weekends of the season there, for sure. Right, right. And that that's kind of another lucky weekend. In the, well, I can't say that with certainty because you have Tennessee at Georgia, uh, South Carolina at LSU, um, Kansas State at Oklahoma, TCU at Texas. That can be a big game, possibly. Um, so, but they do get kind of lucky on those two weekends, John, because it's right. not a plethora of, of big ball games. Yes, going so, by their schedule. You know what, AP? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it's not a coincidence. I would think you know the <laughs> the powers right, that be right. at golf or football fans, like we all are. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if they looked at the at least the college schedule because that's all that's available. No NFL schedule yet, and basically said, you know, these two weekends are not overloaded with, you know, let's face it. We not. think of a typical college weekend AP. I, I think of a must-see game at noon, a must-see game at three thirty, and a must-see game at eight o'clock that night. That's that, right. that's pretty I mean, much what you have most college weekends for people like us. Yeah, John, to give you an example, UT Martin is at Alabama, UMass is at Auburn. Um, and what they did was they switched the schedule in the SEC um, the following week. Uh, I think it's, it might be, for instance, LSU, Auburn. I know it's Alabama, Texas A&M the following weekend. So normally you would have the UT Martin game before Alabama played Auburn, but they switched that around. So they're playing the league game. If, I, I believe all the teams in the conference, uh, you're going to have, like I say, it could, A&M could be undefeated the next weekend playing Alabama. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny, AP. I mean, we're, we're doing analysis on the fly here, you and I, because they just made the announcement a couple of hours ago. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, every year, as we well know, there's a couple of, you know, weekends where there aren't a lot of great games where – for a variety of reasons, uh, 
there's at least two weekends every year and uh, something tells me, you know, again, everybody knows it, including the golf world. And they probably scanned that schedule and zeroed right in on those two weekends, taking into consideration things like weather. Um, you know, September in Westchester County, New York will be fine. November in Augusta will be fine. But they probably picked the two weekends that with the least amount of good games because there's always at least two, if not three, every college football season where yes. where the powers – the college football powers all on the same couple of weekends seem to play uh, lesser teams, shall we say. And it looks like maybe that's exactly the two weekends they chose. Not a coincidence, I'm sure. It seems like it, John, because all those golfers, they love college football themselves. Oh, my gosh, yes, exactly. Yeah, the golf, right. The actual golfers are often wear their team's colors on, on the course, to put it mildly, uh, well, AP, hard to believe we've come to the end of our second segment. And uh, what a strange world where we're basically talking about cancellations and reschedulings rather than live events. But it's where we find <laughs> ourselves, AP, isn't it? Right. Absolutely. Yes. So we'll take our final break now and still a little bit more to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, 
veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is basically Masters shows all week long on the Golf Channel. This, of course, would have been the week uh, that the Masters was going to be held, uh, but not going to be happening, of course, and uh, it's so sad. But tonight on the Golf Channel at 8 o'clock Eastern Time and tomorrow night are two new shows basically themed around why the, what makes the Masters so special, so... Looks like uh, a compilation of a lot of clips, but put together in new packaging. So, should be some new programming for all the golf fans out there. And AP, you and I have both had the good fortune to be at the Masters uh, in recent years. And, uh, you know, there's really nothing quite like it in all of sports. Uh, I know you were there on the Saturday and Sunday. You were there on the final round. I've never been there on a Sunday. But you were there, right? Yes, yes. I was on the 15th green when Garcia made a, an excellent shot the year he won. Sergio Correct. Garcia. A memorable yeah. year to be there, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah, It was a great, great day. It was a great two days for me. Right. You went Saturday and Sunday, the year Sergio won. Last year, I was there on... The practice round Wednesday and followed Tiger around a lot, of course. And we all know that he ended up winning the tournament. One of the great sports stories of recent years, let alone maybe the sports story of the year from last year. His uh, comeback complete. But yeah, it was just, uh, and I got to see the the famous par three tournament, which is where uh, basically the golfer's kids uh, serve as their caddies and some play with them depending on age and whatnot. And it's a unique event and always held the Wednesday with the tournament, of course, starting the, the next day on Thursday. But it's a weird week. It's going to be strange to not have the Masters here in the month of April, uh, to say the least. And of course, it was going to end this Sunday. The final round would have been on Easter Sunday which I think would have uh, precipitated a lot of early dinners, AP. <laughs> early Easter dinner. <laughs> yes, yes. But, uh, yeah, were- the Masters, I, yeah, I, I, it was really great to be there in Augusta, Georgia. And uh, it was fun to watch Sergio uh, win, win the tournament that, that weekend. Oh, Absolutely. I've always liked, you know, Sergio is a uh, bit of a polarizing figure, but I've always liked him. I actually got the, there was a Spain when they were World Cup champions played at Gillette Stadium. Uh, I was covering the Patriots and Sergio uh, went and had a practice with Spain uh, that I attended and I've told this story many times before, but if you walked onto the field, had no idea uh, who Sergio Garcia was and watched the Spain World Cup National Championship team practicing, you would have thought he was a player because he fit right in and his skill level was such to, let's say, not not embarrass himself by any means. So I'll never forget that, AP. It was really cool. So I've been kind of a fan ever since. 
Yeah, he's he's quite a character. Yeah, you're right. Some people love him. The others on the other side of the uh, spectrum. So, but it was interesting to watch him on that 15th. I mean, of all the places I could be on the course that day in that moment, I was lucky to see him make that shot on 15. Yes. You don't forget that stuff, AP. I happened to be, uh, in 2016 at Oakmont, I happened to be, you know, it's golf is a right place, right time thing. And you're there for the moment, a, a moment. And I happened to be on the 16th green when Dustin Johnson uh, hit his shot of the day to seal the tournament, basically. Uh, and I was in the first row right at the green when he hit the approach shot, nailed the putt. And basically won his first major, you know, two holes later. And you just don't forget that stuff because it's it's a hard thing to do to be in that exact right moment at that exact right time when you're attending a golf tournament. But all you can do is, you know, kind of strategize and plan it out. And it sounds like you hit it right and I hit it right. Uh, you, you don't get many of those in life, but <laughs> you, you, no, one's enough. No, you don't. Yes. That's it. Yeah, it. It's uh, it was fabulous to watch that. It's my first time, so it's memorable, and I'll always cherish those moments. Totally, totally. So yeah, it's uh, it's again, you know, we'll just have to get our fill of by watching the Golf Channel, who I'm sure will do just a fantastic job all week long. It's basically already started, or certainly is before the night ends tonight, and we'll go on just all week long and. They have a lot of footage to choose from. That's for sure, AP. <laughs> I have no doubt about it. <laughs> nobody does it. Nobody does nostalgia like golf. So uh, them and baseball kind of stand alone in the nostalgia department. So, so that'll be good. And uh, just before we call it a show here in the last minute, NFL draft coming up in a couple weeks, AP, I just want to say, you know, I applaud the NFL for holding it as scheduled the same way they did free agency as scheduled. I think... It's nice to see some normalcy in these days of cancellations and postponements. So, can't wait for it. Yeah, it should be interesting the way it all has evolved because they're yes. not too specific right now. And, and you know how uh, prepared and organized they are uh, as a league. And, and um, yes. so, that's, that's interesting in and of itself. They will deliver. They always do. And they will deliver something special for the draft. I guarantee it. And again, as a closing note, I applaud their decision and I'm glad it's being held as scheduled since frankly, it's one of the few things that is able to be held as scheduled. So good for the NFL. Right. Right. Of course. All right. Well, AP, thanks so much for calling in. Uh, I know this doing the show is a lifeline for us these days and uh, I certainly look forward to it. Look forward to having you on as always. Hey, John, it's always my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend. And we'll talk sports again next week.